Hello, welcome. This is exciting for me. I've been wanting to do a podcast for so long. Sorry, I'm just going to untangle my headphones, but (sighs) let's just take a moment. I just want to take a moment to breathe. I'm very excited. This is very impulse for me. Um, If you don't know who I am, my name is Eva Bohali. Um, I do Instagram. I do a little Instagram. I do a little TikTok, you know. But um, I write poetry. Um, I just like to have fun on social media, you know. I'm not anyone big. I'm not anyone crazy. I'm just like you. You're just like me. (laughs) Um, I have a lot of thoughts. I talk a lot. And if you want to if you want to have a one-sided conversation that can eventually become two-sided, um welcome to my unnamed podcast. I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm doing. This might not if this if you're listening to this, then uh you're listening to unplanned raw thoughts. Yep, this is what it is. But um I just want to, let's just, how are you guys? If you guys are listening to this, if this reaches the internet, how are you guys? How y'all doing? You know, post Ramadan, we've been out of Ramadan for maybe, what is it, like half a month now, two weeks, three weeks, post Ramadan, my Ramadan was a mess. We'll get into that, let's get into that. So, beginning of Ramadan, I had a lot of plans. I had a lot of goals, and um, to be honest, I didn't really reach a lot of them. Basically, a lot of things was a lot of things were going on in my life during Ramadan, beginning of Ramadan. My mom had surgery; she was dealing with a lot of stomach problems, so she went for a pretty like major surgery. Like she's better now, alhamdulillah, still in recovery. Not gonna be a hundred percent, maybe for another week or two now. And then um, I was really, really on that spiritual high with only like a few people around me with the same motives, like Hafsa, my friend, Penny Proud on Instagram. Um, But my family, my mom wasn't really around. She was in the hospital recovering. My brother and his family, you know, they have their own spiritual journey. I have my own. So I was eating at his house and then right from his house because of COVID, like, Gotta leave to go to the masjid to pray tarawih because that was one of my main goals was praying tarawih as much as I could. And um, and I was like, you know, let me bring Hafsa with me, get that edged, you know. Like, I didn't mind. So I gotta leave even extra early, go get her, go to whatever. We, there's two two areas open for us and we could never make it to the first one, to the main one that we went to, the, the actual masjid, you know what I mean? But then we would just go to like a Islamic school in our city which has more space and stuff. So it was like that for like a week, whether I was working and then I'd go to my brother's house, eat, go to the masjid, pray, do do the things you do in Ramadan. And then maybe not even a week, like a week into Ramadan, I got sick and my brother got sick. Like I got COVID. And... Um, COVID was really something. I don't want to sit here and be like, it's not, it wasn't anything. I definitely was sick and I definitely felt it and I wasn't feeling so good. I was feeling pretty shitty. Not gonna like, to be honest. Yeah. I, me, my brothers, my brother, my older brother got sick and then I was hanging around my old brother a lot. So I got sick. Um, I'm pretty sure he got it from one of my other brothers. Okay. So (laughs) It's going to get confusing. I don't think anyone knows literally anything about me, quote unquote, personally. I have three older brothers. I'm the youngest. Um, I'm half Syrian, half Egyptian. Um, My brothers are my half siblings. My three older brothers are my half siblings. So they're all Syrian. And then my mom married my daddy and they had me. So, but I don't call them my half siblings. I don't know. That's just weird. They're just my brothers. Anyways, so two out of my three brothers got sick. Alhamdulillah, they're better. Alhamdulillah, I'm better. But yeah, I got my mom sick. And uh, that was um, 
this whole month for me was very, um, you know, when people always talk about COVID and they say uncertain times, we're living in uncertain times. It really like has been hitting me more every single day, how uncertain we are right now and how times are really uncertain. Like when they say that, they're not kidding. They're not kidding. But yeah, alhamdulillah, like I, like my mom was in very beginning stages of recovering from getting, from surgery really needed me by her side, I got sick, I panicked, I was like, I don't know what to do, I live in a small house with my mom, I didn't know what to do, I didn't know how to, like, be around her, I genuinely, I really thought I was fine, so basically, I got sick, I wasn't feeling really good, I wasn't feeling good on, um, like, the first, the, my first days of symptoms, that was the day I was really feeling not good. But for some reason, I just thought it was like fasting pains. And plus I was like coffee withdrawals and whatever because I had coffee at, ifta- at um, like iftar during suhoor time. And um, with caffeine for me, if I don't have a certain amount of like level of caffeination, then like you're in like this middle stages of like feeling really like my body is caffeinated but not enough as usual so it's like you're kind of going through withdrawals that's for me I know everyone is different so I thought it was that which oh big mistake coffee doesn't do that to you are you like guys I was um cold and then I was so so hot like literally couldn't breathe and tired my head was hurting everything and then I, I just thought, you know, it's from fasting, it's from caffeine withdrawals, it's from all of that. And then I had work the next coming up day, and I texted my manager, and I was like, bro, I'm sick, I can't come. He calls me, he's like, Miss Girl, are you good? And I was like, yeah, guys, come on, I'm fine, it's just, it's just, it's whatever. And then he asked me all the questions, and I was like, frick. I'm ticking a lot of boxes. I'm ticking a lot of boxes here. That's a little bit concerning. And when he said that, I was like, oh, let me book a test. So I booked a test. And this was the second time I was getting a COVID test because the first time um, someone in like my workplace that I worked with tested positive. So then I was in isolation and I had to get a, get a COVID test and stuff. And I didn't feel... No, no, no. Actually, the first time I got a COVID test and the first time I had to go into isolation, I, I don't know, I was like, my brain, genuinely, I feel like my brain was playing tricks on me and making me feel like I was sick because like I was texting my friends and I was like, I'm so tired and I'm really, really hot. Like, I feel like I have a fever. I'm not feeling good. And I was... I try really, really hard to not let my brain play tricks on me like that. So I'll just like sit and be like, yo, are you good? Like internally with my brain, with myself. Like, yo, are you okay? Like, are you being dead ass right now? Are you actually feeling like this? Or are you like feeding into everything that's kind of like going, being like that you're around basically. But alhamdulillah, that test was negative. And then the second time... I went not feeling good to be honest but I still I was like you know I could I could have it um but I felt like it was just like a regular thing a regular flu because you know those are still a thing whether that's irresponsible of me or not I just didn't I felt like oh I'm fine I really wanted to be fine at the time but then um, I test positive, everything. You have to go through all the steps, you know, precautions, whatever. And then, um, yeah, and then my mom was, go- she had a doctor's appointment um, the day I think I tested positive or the day after I tested positive and because of her surgery, like surgical stuff about her stitches. And um, yeah, they were like, okay, go to the merge, go to the hospital get your stitches taken out for like other reasons and then get a COVID test and then she tested positive and then um alhamdulillah like she was 
Alhamdulillah, my mom is pretty like a strong, strong person, mashallah, and yeah, but she was good. Alhamdulillah, she's better now. It wasn't, I don't even think it really like affected her that much. Maybe just like shortness of breath, I'm assuming, but that could have been from other stuff too, surgery related stuff. Yeah, and then during Ramadan, because of being sick, I couldn't fast because I needed to like drink water and I needed to take care of myself and take meds like Tylenol and whatever because I was in a lot of pain. So then I couldn't fast. And when you're not fasting Ramadan, like that's like the main aspect of Ramadan, fasting. And without fasting, the whole, the beauty of fasting is A, like I feel like it cleanses not even just like your your health, like your body, it cleanses your mind. Like your mind isn't rushing and figuring out the next thing to kind of keep you going. You kind of are already going, you know what I mean? Like you don't need food at, at that time, right then and there to kind of keep going in life, in your day. And with that on your mind, because you're not fasting, you're like, I'm not fasting, I might as well eat. You like kind of forget all the other stuff. And with everyone around you being at like such a high level of spirituality or attempting to be at a higher level of spirituality, I just honestly, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I felt really, really low in my spirituality and I felt like really upset. But I knew it was a test from God. And I knew it was a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Testing me and testing my iman. And whether I failed or whether I passed. That's Allah's um, determination to make. But yeah. I couldn't fast that much. And then I was in a lot of back pain. Guys, I literally. I had like a like a cyst or something on my lower back. I don't know if this is TMI. I don't even know if I'm going to post this. But I had a cyst on my back, so I literally couldn't sit or stand or do anything for a long period of time. And then I had to take antibiotics. So again, I couldn't fast more. I got to fast, like, for majority of the last 10 days, like, the last, like, 7 days or something. Which, alhamdulillah, like, those days are the most important days. And I'm grateful to at least have had that. And inshallah, I will, I will redo my days in the winter time. But um, that was my Ramadan. And um, yeah, it was very isolated, very alone. But, you know, Ramadan is over. We're like a month or ish into um, post Ramadan season, post Eid season. And um, I feel really good right now if we're going to get into that I feel good I feel like my spirituality my iman is definitely going up every day and of course you have your low days but yeah I feel good alhamdulillah um what else do I want to talk about so yeah let me know about your guys' Ramadan DM me make a post tag me um Maybe I'll post something on my story and you guys can comment, tell me. I'd love to read everyone's um, experience this year. Um, I feel like I haven't really been connecting with like my, my, I don't want to call it followers, whatever, like my friends. You guys are my friends. People who interact with my page because of everything that's going on in Palestine. And I just don't want to look like insensitive. I know that like. Lately, I have been posting like a little bit more normal, but I found that it's helping with my algorithm. And um, yeah, Instagram is definitely also a confidence thing for me. Makes me feel, can make me feel confident. I don't know if that's like a bad thing, maybe seeking, because it is a validation app. It is an app that gives you a sense of validation to a certain extent. So yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that's healthy, but it's definitely something that it does for me. But, yeah. Stuff that's going on in Palestine is real. And I hate, like, every day, this is how my mind... So today, after I came home from work, um, what was I thinking about? 
I was sitting in my bed and I opened my computer and I was about to watch um, like a movie or something. I'm trying to finish this movie, The King of Staten Island. I started it and it was just like open on my computer from the last time I was watching it. And I sat in my bed and I opened my computer and I was just like really like relaxed physically. And I just thought how Palestinian children, Palestinian people, people living in Palestine right now, like Gaza, this, the way that, let's say, I live, they would, like, dream for that. And every day, every day it hits me how insanely blessed not even just we are as people living in the West, but just like me. This is something so regular for me. This is something so regular for us to open a a like expensive computer and to sit on a nice bed and and even though my room is literally a massive mess right now I still have a room I still have my own space I still have a house and it's literally heartbreaking every single day to just like realize everything and and to see like the smallest things right now like the the cup of coffee on my nightstand right now they don't have these like small things that we take advantage of every single day. We get to go, I get to go for a walk with my friend and, and admire the beauty and the nature and the sky and like all of that stuff. Read a good book. What can they do? They can't do anything. And privilege is such a, privilege and um, what's the other word? privileged and being blessed when I think about how privileged we are and how blessed we are to live these lives I can't even register it in my head how much we are that's the key word how like if you were to imagine how blessed you are in let's say mass like how much mass can you imagine in your head it's un I can't visualize it in my brain whatsoever I literally cannot and that is mind-boggling because, like, you can't imagine how blessed, like, you can't physically see blessings, like, if that makes sense. You can't physically see blessings in, like, a physical sense. And I feel like when you cannot see that, it's just so large, so big, you can't even visualize it so every day alhamdulillah and for all of that because the only reason why we are here and not living in Palestine or Syria or or uh, Afghanistan or Yemen or China let's not forget about them the only reason why we're not there and we're not them is 100% because of the qadr of Allah period 100% you don't know how else your life could have played out. I honestly, especially thinking about Palestinian people, and let's say like both of your parents are 100% Palestinian, there's a, there a slim chance that you got to live in the West and not back there. A slim chance. So alhamdulillah, every single day, every time you're just sitting and just chilling in your house, sitting right now and listening to me talk, if you are, thank you. <laughs> If you are, that's a blessing within itself. A massive blessing within itself. So alhamdulillah, every single day. Never, a day shouldn't pass where you're not saying alhamdulillah to God. Anyways, I didn't know this was a religious podcast, but next topic I guess we can talk about. How long have I been recording for? Oh my God, only 20 minutes? Oh my goodness, how do people do this for like an hour? But, um... I was, I posted on my private story, this is basically going to be my new private story, um, about, uh, how do I word this, how, um, what is it called, the Madonna, the Madonna, I'm just going to say it, censor, um, this is a viewer discretion is advised, I'm using mature language, the Madonna whore effect, um, basically how men can only view a woman either as an object or a woman with such high respect that they don't find her um 
Like, they can't find, they can't be sexually attracted to her. And my friend brought it up because I was talking to my private story about how um, it's very common in, like, Muslim, in the Muslim community for men to... Uh, call me a man-hater, man-hater alert, you've been warned, so don't get mad, men, who, whatever man is listening to this, but um, it's very common, it's very, like, normalized for Muslim men to um, be in haram sort of situations at, like, young ages when they're not financially or mentally ready to be married and um, kind of just do whatever with... Um, a girl and then when it's when they are financially and um quote-unquote mentally prepared to get married islamically they want to marry a very righteous pure virgin woman and with them not being virgins themselves and this is a this is a struggle for me to comprehend how you how, how a man can think that that's okay and to how I just cannot see myself being with somebody um, who has done something like that first of all a you're treating your previous relationship that woman that you were in a relationship as basically an object to a certain degree most most of the time you're gonna date her and you're gonna be with her and and it's like you don't even see her a as a potential person so what do you see her as just someone you can use and 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 then drop whenever because you know that you cannot marry her or you don't even have the like you're not even going to take the mental it's not even registered in your mind when you first see her you're not registering in your mind oh i'm gonna marry her and if you are and if you and if that is i'm not even like talking about people who have the right intentions i'm talking about people who have the wrong intentions so don't get offended if, like, whatever. Those were your intentions from the get-go. I'm talking about people, men, who, let's say, I've heard so many times, men don't see masalan, for example, sorry, the Arabic, masalan means, for example, um, like, white women, non-Muslim women, as more than an object. That's kind of how I see it. You're going to... Basically, do whatever you want with some non-Muslim girl and then kick her to the curb and then marry a Muslim girl that your family will be happy with and that um, is a virgin. And I hate that in the community so much. Who, for me, it's like, who are you to think you deserve someone who has been kind of saving themselves, you know? Someone who is saving themselves for the right person and for the sake of Allah. And it's just like, where does the line drop? I don't want to shame anybody for their past sins. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit here and and shame someone for their sins. So where does it, where is the line? You know what I mean? From what I deserve as a person versus what is the right thing. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit and judge someone else's sins because that's haram. I don't want to sit and judge someone else's sins just because I haven't done anything. Or like, for example, somebody, they haven't done anything to that scale of that other person. Doesn't mean A, they're perfect. I'm not going to sit and say I've never done anything haram. Who hasn't done anything haram? But it's like, you know when people say halal haram ratio? First of all, I don't agree with that, but... Let's just use that, that, that like phrase for this context. If your previous, for example, your previous halal, your haram ratio is not the same, is that fair? Do we think that's fair? I think it is fair as long as the person isn't like that now. As long as your halal ratio is equal or like there, <laughs> like just there, to be honest. Like, you're not going to be with someone who is zero on the halal scale, scale, bro. Like, what? That's not... Mm-mm. So, a lot of word vomiting here. Consider this a one-sided conversation. I am a stupid girl who doesn't know anything. No, I'm just kidding. 
I am a very intelligent woman and I will not degrade myself for anybody's pleasure. But um, yeah, that is something that I'm trying to come to terms with and trying to understand. I honestly think at the end of the day, it depends on that person and it depends on um, kind of like, you need to have that conversation. If it's something that, well, I don't mean have that conversation like forcefully. I guess if it comes up, it comes up, right? You're not supposed to ask about people's previous sins. That's my knowledge, but I don't, (laughs) what do I know? So, yeah, that's where I am on that very messy topic. (laughs) I feel like I did not say anything clearly. So if you're confused on what I'm trying to say, stay confused, girly, because I'm not, I'm not going to explain further, (laughs) but, um, yeah. And, and I started this show today. She's got to have it. So it's obviously, it's for an older age demographic. It's very, um, it's pretty vulgar and, um, like it's not a clean show. It's pretty inappropriate. So if you're going to watch it, um, watch on your own terms, but, um, it was created by one of my favorite filmmakers, creators, his name's Spike Lee. I, me and Hapsa have seen a few of his movies. Um, we, we watched, um, the one with, uh, Chadwick Boseman, um, that movie was so good. I don't remember the name of it though. That movie was really good. And I think he made, um, oh my God, why am I blanking on all these movie names? I've seen a few of his films and wow, he's amazing filmmaker, but he wrote this, um, show and directed it. So she's got to have it. And honestly, it's beautifully put together so far. I'm only on the first season, the fourth episode. I'm almost on the fourth episode right now. And with what I talked about on my private story with my friends and this show, there's some connection here. Obviously, as a Muslim, um, there's a few things that I don't really agree with when it comes to this type of feminism, in my opinion. I feel like society has like... Now, now, I've seen a lot on TikTok, people, like, dismantling this idea, and I definitely agree with it, because, like, obviously I agree with it, because I'm Muslim, but, and, like, I I can't even, it goes, uh, like, Western feminism doesn't really align with my Islamic beliefs, right? Do I still consider myself a feminism? Yes, 100%. Do a lot of people not agree with being, labeling themselves as feminists? Yeah, I don't really see labeling, putting a label next to anything like Islam. I understand how that can be pointless, but I also don't see how calling yourself a feminist, like a feminist, quote unquote, Muslim, if you want to make that a title, I don't see how that can be harm harmful because if you're Muslim, you're obviously going to align your feminism with what Islam has written right? Feminism is like, was basically created because of Islam. Well, not created, but the same values that Islam has when it comes to um, gender equality is kind of like, feminism stole it from Islam, okay? That's that's what I'm trying to say. So by saying, by calling yourself a feminist and being Muslim is not a problem. I don't see it as being an issue. Obviously, there's the argument that many people will say, is there's a negative connotation to feminism. Yes, there is a negative connotation as Muslims to with the with white feminism, white woman feminism. There is a negative connotation. It doesn't not negative, but it doesn't align. So people want to generalize and say feminism aligns. Feminism is bad because of white woman feminism. But that you can literally say that about anything, anything, any group of whatever. Um, like, what's an example I can use? Literally every religion has extremist groups. Look at Christianity has the KKK. You're not going to say, oh, if let's say, for example, let's say I'm Christian. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, no, I cannot say I'm Christian because there's people in my religion who have extremist beliefs. You're not going to do that. Same thing. Similar, similar 
things. There's negative connotations with everything. So you're just not going to label yourself as anything? Well, how's that going to work? So, in this show, it's very... um, (laughs) It's very... um, Sex positive, okay? This feels so weird because I don't know who's going to listen to this. It is very sex positive and very... Like, feeling like, kind of putting yourself out there. This is going to rub people the wrong way. I feel like this is a bad idea to talk about. Thinking that, like, I just don't agree with free the nipple feminism. I don't agree with that. I think that. You can, you can wear what you want. Ugh, I don't even know. I'm not educated on this stuff. I should not talk about this. But if you want to watch the show, it's really good. It's really interesting. Um, and uh, it talks a lot about our society. And obviously, there's going to be some things that you don't agree with. But I still think it's a good show so far. And I think it has like a really good message. And... Um, it's very, very beautifully done and highlights a lot of um, amazing black artists in music especially. You know, what really bothers me is, um, like, for example, jazz. And jazz was created by black people. And then white people took it and became more famous than those black artists. Like, for example, Elvis. I don't even know if he's considered a jazz artist or whatever. Who cares? Elvis. White people love Elvis. Elvis stole music from black people. He stole that from black people. But people will praise Elvis. Everyone knows who Elvis is. I've never even really listened to Elvis. Yeah, everyone knows her. Knows his like most famous songs. But why do I know him? Because he's white. And everybody loves Elvis. Oh my god, Elvis is an icon. Okay, how come no one knows Nina Simone? I feel like no one... Maybe maybe people who are really into music know Nina Simone. People in the black community know Nina Simone. How come white people don't know Nina Simone? They're playing it at work. And like, ah, she's just beautiful. Her music is beautiful. In my Like, I love her music. And then at work, they mock her. And I'm just sitting there like, are you guys okay? She's an icon. She's a literal legend. And you're just going to sit and make fun of her? Make fun of like that style of music? Pisses me off. I understand you don't, if you don't like it, it's not your style. But come on, guys. If Elvis was playing, oh my god, I love Elvis. Shut up. Literally shut up. What kind of music do you guys like? Right now, I'm listening to... Olivia Rodriguez's new album. Honestly, for a new artist and for her first debut album, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but like just the, I really like Favorite Crime. I just kind of like understood what that song is really about. Honestly, it's heartbreaking because the whole song, like kind of surface level is what can I do to please him for him to stay? I want to do anything for him to love me back. And, you know, you want to do stuff for your significant other, for them to be happy, right? You do that for your friends, you do that for your parents, you do that for your, your siblings, whoever, your, your significant other. You, you'll do things to make them happy and you'll expect the same treatment back. But then when it becomes constant and when it becomes at a, like, when, when you start to kind of, like, lose doing something for them, for them to gain and for you to lose, that's when it becomes a problem. And in her song, so I, I watched a TikTok and they explained it, and basically the, the song is talking about her being in a relationship with someone older than her. So she was about 16, 17, dating someone who was like, uh, like I want to say like 2021. 20, and giving up her, her virginity to him for him to stay, for him to, she thought that if 
I gave him my I gave him my virginity, he would stay with me. So she's underage, he's older. Favorite crime? It's a crime. See? Like when I saw that video, I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. And that's just like is put so strategically. And I just it's it's a, a thoughtful piece of art do but it's just like heartbreaking because whether I don't know if she's speaking on experience but she's just like she's a beautiful girl you know of course she's gonna be famous she's white well I don't know if she's white but she's I think she's Hispanic Rodriguez is a very um ethnic last name she's beautiful and skinny and white passing um so of course she's gonna be famous there's no regard no like disregarding that but she does have like really she has like really nice vocals to be honest and it's like different you know i feel like people don't acknowledge vocals unless it's like ariana grande i love ariana grande i am an ari stand since one i've been an ari stand since day one unconsciously i would just listen to her music and just love it so then i just started being her uh, being a pretty big fan her recent album it's not as good as her other ones. It just feels very like meaningless lyrics. <laughs> it's a fun album though. I'm not even gonna, there's no denying that. It's a pretty fun album. But yeah, Olivia Rodriguez's music is really, really good so far. I really like it. And I think because of the simplicity of the lyrics, kind of like Taylor Swift, it's easy to relate to. A lot of people will kind of like, um, kind of like hate on Taylor Swift because of her simple lyrics but personally like yes I do like to listen to music and I do like to kind of think about what they're saying and um, play on words and the lyricism and that all in itself is art but when you kind of have simple lyrics that can cater to everybody and kind of pull up people's heartstrings that's also a form of art and I don't think you should I don't think we should like belittle that form of um, lyricism just because it's not like very strategic it just comes from the heart and it's very raw and it's very um, emotion based so I think that in itself is beautiful speaking of art I'm a little bit of a poet I don't know if I can even um, use that title but basically I've been writing poetry for about a year now Um, I started last year in university. Um, I don't even know. Okay, so my first poem was about my friend who wore a niqab at the time. LOL, you guys can probably know, figured out who it is. But um, I got really mad at one of my coworkers when I asked her if, like, they would hire her at my place of work. And it just made made me mad that the way that they were describing, she was describing basically... Um, it just felt like a lack of humanity just because she wore niqab and a lack of just like a living being and it just really bothered me. So that first poem, I read it back now and I find it a little cringy, but like the meaning is still there and that's why I love it. It's on my Instagram. It's one of, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see it. Um, that was like the first thing that I like wrote and then, um, I've always wanted to write poetry and I've attempted a few times in my life but I would always kind of shut myself down because like I would start and then I would be like no 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 stop uh fix this here do this here I would just overthink and I would just let my thoughts kind of um take over my negative thoughts so I never really would follow through or really finish anything it was always like half written things um But I've always loved writing, whether it was just like the act of writing or creative writing, any of that stuff. I really loved discussing literature, everything, all that stuff. I'm not going to necessarily say I'm the best at it, but it's definitely something that I love. And I feel like a lot in my life I've gotten shut down because I'm not really, I'm not like the best at it. I don't have the most knowledge on it. So I feel like that was a big reason why I would pull myself back or pull myself away from that stuff. 
but you know alhamdulillah we're growing and we're learning and we're enjoying ourselves and uh yeah I'm having a lot of fun and with poetry ever since I kind of just like let myself write what I whatever comes to mind and I don't hold I don't I try myself not to hold myself back in the middle of my writing because when you when you get that flow stopping that is just like you're never gonna get it back that's why like whenever I think of something or anything like that I just like literally write it down right away but lately I have been I have writer's block right now this always happens to me I don't know if it's a writer's block or I'm just like it's kind of scary like writing something it can be intimidating and I think I'm at that stage right now because basically in Ramadan I wrote two poems that I really really liked and then midway of one of the poems I I was kind of creating this concept and um I was like, oh, I, I really, really like that. I wish I could take this part of my poem and make this the beginning and then kind of like go with it. And and I'm just trying to like level up my vocabulary, level up my symbolism, level up all of that stuff. So I think that's why I really haven't posted any sort of poetry content in a long time and I really, really want to. Every time I don't post poetry for a long time, I feel like... People are forgetting that I kind of have this. I kind of have this little thing that I do on the side sometimes. And every time I do post poetry, everyone's like, "Post more, post more, post more." Literally, flip your page into a whole poetry page. And I'm like, guys, I can't be producing content like that. I can't be producing poetry like that. I am not a factory, guys. Please, but yeah. So the two poems that I have written, I don't know if I'm just gonna let them be. And as they are, as like basically raw poetry, or if I'm going to go back in and tweak it. And I've been debating this for like a month. And I read back a bunch of my poems yesterday and there were some that I really liked and I really feel like are like post worthy. But I think I'm just going to wait because like it feels weird to post poetry that isn't related to what's going on right now in like Palestine and stuff. I just can't write stuff like that. I try and I just feel like it doesn't sound good. I tried yesterday and I I try every time. I feel like I'm not a political writer. And I think that's a for me to a certain extent that's like a that's a blessing for me. I'm blessed to not have to turn every single aspect of my life like a like a political fight. You know? Some artists like that's important to them using their art as a form of protest and I literally find that so beautiful but every time I try to write something about something um politically moving I just feel like I don't do it justice and I just I don't that's not my area that I thrive in I thrive of feeding off of my own feelings and emotions and putting that onto the page that's what I thrive off of and to a certain extent, that can be very vulnerable, especially reading it and especially being in that state. When you write your feelings on paper and you share them and you're still in, you're, you carry the feelings that are on the page in your heart still, can be so scary. The first time I ever shared my poetry, I realized how vulnerable it is and how scary it is. But like when you're done and you're in, in it, and when everyone shares those pieces, it creates the most like connecting environment. Even though literally every single open mic or um, performance that I've done has been online, and even the first performance I did was online. At the end of it, I literally ended it. We we finished it, and I just sat there and I was like, ah, oh, that was so much fun. Even though I was reading super vulnerable pieces to me. Even though. And every single time I finish, every single time I've done a performance, I've only done maybe like a handful now. I feel so happy. And I feel like it is beautiful. I love it so much. And I really hope I will build the courage to perform in person, like in, in front of a stage. 
when obviously everything is whatever, normal, quote-unquote normal. So, yeah. That is going to be amazing. And I can't wait. Because I used to... I, I, I'm a big, like, theater person. I was in drama for most of high school. And the end of a production is such a... you you Unless you've been in that space, unless you've put in those hours and practice and, like been in that backstage mess and been seeing something like that grow from day one to production day, especially after production weekend. If you've ever been to a production weekend, you will know it is the most stressful, chaotic, but fun experience you'll ever have. I'm telling you, if you're entering, if you're entering high school, please take drama and you will meet the most like crazy weird people who are nothing like you you might you might even be the only um like muslim or person of color or hijabi or whatever person in that space and just because you are the only one don't don't let that push you away stand your ground and stand in that space i wish i did that more i wish i pushed myself more and asked for more bigger opportunities and you know what i'm not gonna kick myself for not doing it but now it's a very conscious thing to, if there's not room for you, make room for you. And if they're not making room for you, create a new space. Especially in Hollywood. There's no room for us in Hollywood as Muslim people. They're, they're literally refusing to make room for us. And all those Muslim creators and all those Muslim directors, I literally love you all so much and keep doing what you're doing and... Create a positive space for Muslim people. Create a create create a correct space. Don't let this environment corrupt our deen. Don't let this environment corrupt what Islam actually is. Be that space that shows the truth, the true Islam, what Islam really is. And I know that's hard, and I know it's a big statement. But I just really wish that would be a thing. So, yeah, at the end of a production, that feeling that you get when you when you take that um, bow and you applaud the audience and you applaud yourself and you applaud the sound people because they are so important. Bro, without sound and lighting, no one would hear us and no one would see us. Very, very important group of people. And I remember my first production, I literally had maybe like 60 lines. I looked at everything around me and my mom in the crowd and just like that whole space. This is my first production in the 11th grade. And um, at, the end of the, at, the end of produ- at the end of the production is the end of the semester and then like the next semester comes. And I was registered in Arabic the next semester. And I remember applaud like being applauded like people clapping for you and you're bowing and it's over and you are like oh my god it's done I'm never gonna have to practice these lines again I'm never gonna have to do this again and then you get scared and then you're like oh my god I'm not ready to let go and I remember tears in my eyes as I looked at my mom in the crowd I literally looked so stupid that day too. I did like old age makeup on myself and it was not good. And I had like a red hijab on and like just like a button, just like a, like a, like a suit jacket. What are they called? A blazer and black skinny jeans and a regular top. That was my costume and a hat. (laughs) So I looked so dumb and I just had like tears in my eyes. And then I went home and I sat on the couch and I was like, I don't want to take Arabi next semester. I want to take drama. And my mom was like, okay. So I literally went to the counselors the next day. And I said, take me out of this class. My Arabi teacher, who was also my social teacher, who was also like my like special learning teacher, was so like mad at me. He wasn't mad at me, but he was like, like, like for like dropping Arabi and taking this instead. And you know what? I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. I wish my last semester of high school... I took a different English class instead and took drama. That's what I wish I did. But you know, it's okay. I took drama in university, my first year at university too. It was amazing. 
Um, but yeah, art feels, art feeds my soul and I will always be an artistic person no matter what space that I'm in. And I know that for when I was younger, I wanted to be like a singer, everything. And, um, now that that's not something that I want to pursue, being an artistic person and not letting, um, not, not forgetting what I love is important. Whatever feeds you internally, obviously Islam feeds me too, guys. Don't get it twisted. Whatever feeds your soul and your mind and your heart, keep doing it. Uh, of course, if it aligns with your beliefs, if you're Muslim or not Muslim or whatever. So, yeah. Alhamdulillah for all of that. Alhamdulillah for art. Alhamdulillah for God. Alhamdulillah for Islam. Um, <laughs> what else? Everything. Everything. We are blessed people. But I think I'm going to end this here. If I post this. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. If you listen to the end. Thank you for listening. Um, if you have comments, if you want to talk about anything I talked about, my DMs are open. If you guys have topics that you want me to talk about, you want to ask me advice, you know, I'm, I'm your big sister, guys. Um, big sister with little knowledge, remember. Um, if you want me to talk about anything... DM me. I'll do some sort of thing on my Instagram if this even goes up. And yeah, my name is Eva Boali. My Instagram is eve.ab. My Twitter is on my Instagram, bye if you want to follow me there. Even though my Twitter is not even ugh, anything important. And um, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And have a great day. <laughs>